welcome back to Making It. My name is Mirabelle, and on this podcast, I speak with other creatives about all things creativity, entrepreneurship, and mental health. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Sydney Deongzen, a filmmaker, photographer, and YouTuber. He does gear reviews, tutorials, and works with various brands on his channel. He currently co-hosts Sony's new web series, The Lowdown, with Jenna Azaric, where they showcase new Sony products and do a bunch of fun challenges. I came across Sydney's YouTube channel years ago when I was getting into photography and filmmaking, and his tutorials have helped me get to where I am today, so suffice to say, this episode was really fun for me to record. We talk about how he went from traditional film school to becoming a YouTuber, the things he has to consider when he makes his videos, how he plans his videos, what his routine kind of looks like, the challenges he faces, and a lot more. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you do, please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to this, or leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube, and I will see you soon. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Making It. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This is exciting because um, you just said you just like complimented my lighting setup and and I have you to thank for that and all the other like filmmaker, photographer, YouTubers out there, all the videos. So thank you for. Oh, you know, that's great. Yeah, it looks <laughs> your set looks amazing. It's fantastic. This is like my live stream setup where I, I stream on Twitch. I do music on there. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it. Thanks. Um, so I was reading your blog a little bit, and um, you mentioned that you get up at four a.m. Do you still do that? Is that a regular routine? It it has. Well, I change it to four thirty. <laughs> um, but when I was working a full time job, I would wake up at four to do some work for YouTube, right? You know, just to build my channel and stuff like that. Um, uh, but now that I'm a full time content creator. Um, I just spend that morning just to do some like, self-care stuff, you know, like just routine morning stretches and um, uh, exercises and stuff like that. Uh, a bit of quiet time just to mentally and physically prepare myself for the day because, you know, I, I'm very intense throughout the entire day. And so that means I don't really take care of myself <laughs> because I'm just focused on on my work. And so uh, I do quite I, I like waking up in the morning a lot. I do because. I just feel like I can get a lot of work done. Like I'm such a morning person. Mm. Um, and so if I know I can at least do those things like of self-care, then at least I'll, I know that I'm taken care of for, for the day, if that makes sense. But, uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, long, long story short. Yes. I still wake up at, at four, four thirty in the morning. <laughs> I am. I cannot relate. I am such a night owl. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Do you get more creative uh, at night? I do. I do. Yeah. And then like, I realize, like, if I start anything at 10 p.m., I will not be done until 2 a.m. And so I'm realizing maybe, like, if I if I have commitments in the morning, like, I can't do that, right? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, like, if you get up at 4, 4.30 a.m., like, what time do you sleep? Do you get uh, enough sleep? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know sleep is something that I'm trying to get better at, and so I try not to stay past like 10 o'clock um even though I, I can go past midnight if i want to but i know that's i don't get enough sleep if i do that so i try to sleep like around like like i'm bed eyes shut like around 10 ish and so yeah it's a it's a work in progress that's good. Uh, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah i'm curious because you know normal nine to five jobs have like a clear start and end time but 
when you're your own boss essentially it gets blurry when when you end your work at least for me right now you know sometimes i get into the zone of doing something and then it could take the entire day like 12 hours 12 more hours you know and yeah it, yeah it's easy I to mean, burn out <laughs> i totally understand that especially if uh, if you have like a home office and when i had a home office uh, like uh, like my youtube studio would be in my house you know it was hard for me to like to clock out at five like i wouldn't mentally clock out and i i'd be so distracted my wife would tell me it's like you know you're you're physically clocked out but you're not mentally clocked out right. and so we made the decision to move my studio outside the house and so which is why i moved over here um and when i'm done like i i can actually clock out because i physically can't be my, near my computer like if i'm near my computer or my cameras I'm tempted to like just make stuff, you know, that's just how I'm wired and I love it. That's mm -hmm. just, that's who I am. Um, but, you know, if I can set things in place where, you know, work is work, home is home, it just makes life a lot easier for everybody. So, oh, yeah. so uh, I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, that's, I strive for that right now <laughs> to have like a clear separation between work and, and home, I guess. Yeah, and it's not perfect. Like, I mean, there are times where I have to stay late. Like today, I'm staying late, and there are some nights where I do have to work. And I think when it comes to that stuff, if you have a partner, uh, you just gotta communicate that. Uh, because if you know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of entrepreneurs and creatives are like this, where you're you're thinking your schedule for the rest of the day, and you think everybody knows that, but you haven't communicated <laughs> that <laughs> physically. Mm. Um, and yeah. so uh, for me, I, I, it was hard for me to like just think that everyone was thinking the same thing that I was thinking, but I had to like tell my wife, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, these are my plans. And you know, it's, it's gotten a lot better, definitely gotten a lot better, but you know, you learn as you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Communication's important. Mm. Can you kind of give us a little brief history of, of how you got to where you are now being a full-time content creator? Uh, yeah. Um, so I loved making videos as a kid. I went to film school and I was going to do the whole, you know, work at a studio and climb that ladder. But then I quickly realized I didn't really like being told what to do. <laughs> so I just kind of did my own thing, shot weddings, corporate videos here and there, lived out in England for a little bit, shot like weddings uh, over there, kind of grew my wedding business. Um, I didn't really enjoy it, uh, after, after like five years. And so, um, I was like, you know what, I've, I've always wanted to try YouTube, you know, I like filmmaking, I like teaching stuff. So, you know, I geek out about camera gear anyway, so let's just, let's give it a shot. So, uh, I did that, loved it. Uh, first 10 videos sucked because I copied Casey Neistat videos to a T, you know? Mm. Um, and when I was not getting the same views that he was, I was like, ah, oh, this, this is so weird. Why, why am I putting all this effort for like no views? This, I'm just going to call it quits and I'll just go back to weddings, whatever. Uh, and so I decided to make just one more video, but a video just for me. And it was different from my other videos. And after I made that video, that was the video that got a lot of views and actually launched my YouTube career. And so that's when I realized like, oh, okay. So I guess if you want to stand out, you can't copy another creator. You just got to just make stuff for yourself. And so that's what I did. And here I am now. <laughs> nice. I think Case Cop and Casey is like a every single mm. wannabe YouTuber did that. <laughs> yeah. It was really yeah. like the launch of an era, I think, when Casey was doing those vlogs all the time. Yeah. 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 And it's it's tempting to like, you know, copy someone's 
successes, but specifically with a career like YouTube, uh, where it's a business slash a creative platform, you know, you, you really have to dig deep down and just be you. And if you want to stand out, you have to double down on being you and just own it. If you're goofy, be goofy. If you, you know, are, if you don't want to be all extravagant and be loud and you're more of a soft tone kind of person, just, then just be that. If you're more chill, then be that. So it's like, whoever you are, just, you just gotta be you. (laughs) Do you have any, any, any kind of advice for people who maybe don't know how to express themselves really, or like don't know who they are yet, but want to like make it in this space? The, I mean, being in front of a camera is, is scary and weird. And I guess you are more self-aware of, of who you're portraying yourself to be. But I think the more comfortable you are with a camera and the more you do it, then the less you think about those things and you actually start being you. You know, when I first picked up a camera, I started vlogging, like, yeah, you know, vlogging in public, people are looking and it's like, oh, hey guys, I'm here. Here's the newest camera. But now it's become like just so natural. It's like I just hit the record button and I can just be goofy. Um, and I think I've, I've not cared so much as far as like making the shot look perfect versus just, just capture you. Like if it's not perfect, that's totally fine. And so coming to terms of that, I think was very important for me. And so, yeah, so pe- for people just are struggling in that area, just, you know, like with any, anything, just practice, 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 practice until it becomes second nature. Yeah. Do you have like, do you have deleted videos on your YouTube channel or is everything just there everything that's on there is what you you like you kept i that's a really good question that i think i've kept most things i mean i think the only videos that i've hidden or deleted were probably like like my old wedding videos i guess things that Mm. don't really align with the stuff that i do now um that's a great question i'm gonna have to dig dig back into my my history i low-key dug I went back to your like first video that's on there. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh no, what was it? I don't remember. Oh, it was like some skit. You were in England. It was some skit of uh, oh yeah, the Fourth of, of July. July fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also it's so um, far from what you do now. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, but I love I love making video like silly videos like that when I was younger. Like uh, Film Riot, they're a, a big YouTube channel, yeah. and I used to follow them all the time, and so. They would do skits and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do skits too. Uh, and I did it for the fun of it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was some fun times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like seeing videos of your kids too, they've grown up so much. And I, I guess, is that really, I mean, it's mainly for you, right? When you mm-hmm. make these videos and, but when you made that decision to put it on the internet, it's that. That had to have been a conscious decision, right? It was, you know, and there are like things you obviously think about as a parent, you know, and the safety of your kids and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, I have a rule where I never film like within a mile of my house. Like, you know, people, I don't want people to Mm -hmm. know like any hint or whatever where where I I am, uh, where where I'm located. And so whatever you see, I'm nowhere near my house. Um, But, you know, it's a, I think it's a a balance too, because I, I love... I love making videos about how to use cameras, how to how to make videos, but I also like showing and putting the cameras to good use. You know what I mean? Like, and and for me, like that that comes in my, in my series called Film Journals, where I just capture my favorite moments with my family. And it's um, I I love it. We love it because it's like fun to look back on every now and then. Like you know, just maybe like once a month, we just 
look back at our old videos and we just just fall in love with it. And it's just just so nice. And so for me, I'm trying to play that balance where I don't show my kids all the time. Um, but also it's my channel. You know, I want to make stuff mm -hmm. for me. I have stuff that I want to teach and all that stuff. But also part of my channel is me and my life. And I do want to document that. I don't want to make a second YouTube channel. I want to keep everything <laughs> in one channel. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if like when I'm old and gray and stuff like that, like the videos that I will be watching will be those videos of, you know, my kids when they're younger and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the tutorials. That's, you know, for, for another group of people. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think at the end of the day, like if it's, if it's your channel, you should be able to make whatever you want. And then, um, and then with things like kids, you know, obviously just you make the right decision you feel is best for you whether you have a partner or not, you know, again, communication is key. Um, but, but yeah, it was, a it, it was a decision to do, but also like, I'm, I'm never going to be one of those family vloggers where I just vlog every day with them. I, I just can't right. do that. <laughs> I, I really can't. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, I do want to protect my kids and, you know, I don't want them to be in front of a camera all the time. Uh, yeah. but they like it, we like it. And so we're just trying to play that, that happy balance. You'll just have the most cinematic family videos <laughs> i know right like if you're gonna make a home video may as well look it's make you know make it look cinematic why not it's a full-on movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing but yeah the thing you said about as like not having a second channel i think yeah like nowadays it seems like that's the way that lots of people do it where mm -hmm. they have separate channels for different topics i guess that they that they film and stuff mm -hmm. yeah like what are your thoughts on that I mean, I, I don't know. I've thought about it. Um, and so I, and I know I have friends that have made second channels and some love it and then some don't. And so mm. I think I've been hearing lately the past couple of weeks that they regret having a second channel because it just puts more pressure to do more stuff. And so, and I, I don't want to do that. Like I, my brain can only handle so much. And so yeah. I, I think I'd rather just focus on one YouTube channel one Instagram account, one TikTok account, you know what I mean? Just like one account and one platform is all I can handle. And so, yeah. so yeah, I, um, it's, it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> I think, um, in my case for like my Twitch streaming, it's, it's music streams that I do. Right. So mm. I want people to come and if they come to my Twitch channel, they know that it's for music. And I've been thinking of like, if I do any games or anything, I might start a second channel because we've done some community games and we've done some, you know, celebration streams where we just hang out and chat or whatever. Um, and, and so it's not necessarily music. And so I've been thinking about second channel and I've talked to a friend about this, but both of us are like, you know, whenever we start anything, like we have to put so much effort into it that it turns into like we got to monetize it. It turns into a second business kind of model yeah. and then it just it snowballs into this whole production and we don't want that either <laughs> yeah but and like like we want that separation though yeah and, and again yeah, everyone's different people can handle different things i know i personally can't handle all that like i don't really have a team it's just me doing stuff um mm -hmm. and so yeah i don't i don't think i can i can't mentally handle a second channel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean with it's all the other social media platforms that you gotta upkeep it's a lot <laughs> yeah it, it, it is um but i i have been loving the new platforms like i have been really loving reels lately i know it's a, mm -hmm. a far cry from what instagram used to be 
And it's like, ah, oh, well, that's a shame. But you know what? Just embrace the platform for what it is now and just, you know, make the best out of it. And I, I've actually been having a lot of fun with Reels. TikTok, I'm oh, trying to get my hand, handle on. Uh, same thing with YouTube Shorts, but with Reels, it's been pretty fun. Oh, yeah. You don't just, like, take the Reels and put it onto TikTok or YouTube Shorts? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, but, like, you know, it's just so much easier, like, when you're scrolling through Reels and you're like, oh, wow, I could actually use that just to pick up and use the, the the actual camera within the Instagram app and just make your reel. Um, mm. It's just way easier to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even think about it. That's why I love making those things. It's just one, one and done. Um, sometimes I do make vertical content for all the platforms, but that means I have to take out my camera and do all this stuff and, you know, yeah. cut it specifically for this platform. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. As somebody who is such a perfectionist and somebody who, really cares for good quality and stuff with instagram reels as you're saying like you could just use the camera native in the app and then make your video there whereas with other things you'd have to actually take out your camera and you know make the video with that like difference in the camera quality and stuff do you do you care about that or no because it's just a it's just a reel it's just a short like it doesn't yeah um it's a great question i I think with reels and tiktoks it, it doesn't really matter I think for YouTube shorts, I, I kind of enjoy making it a little more higher quality um, just because YouTube shorts tends to, you know, uh, I guess be perceived that way, I guess, or at least the work that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, for, for Instagram and TikTok, it just seems a lot more casual, um, a lot more fun, a lot more, I guess, realistic, um, so to say. But, you know, there are some times where I actually use my actual realistic. camera for, for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my most successful reel, which is almost 10 million views is, is a stupid video of me holding my phone, showing a slider. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand <laughs> 10 million views where, you know, the videos that I would make an effort on like using my actual camera. Okay. 5,000 views. That's like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it's, it's weird. There's it's no, so weird. It, it's yeah. There's no answer to how that works. <laughs> Yeah, everyone is just confused. <laughs> Can I ask you about like what you think about y- the YouTube climate and with like AdSense and monetizing your channel and stuff? Because it seems like there are so many misconceptions with with YouTube. You know how people make money on YouTube, <laughs> and like yeah. also just like lots of people do give do make videos on like how much money I made in the past year as a YouTuber, and it seems like. AdSense is not reliable what so like it's just such a small fraction of of what you make as a yeah. YouTuber. <laughs> do you think that even if you're like I don't know, like a Mr. Beast size channel, like do you think AdSense would still be so insignificant? <laughs> uh I would say 100% yes. I know with every creator friend that I have, like AdSense probably is maybe 10% of what they make total. Um, I think the, I guess for people in my uh, genre, we make the most money from brand deals. Um, and so whether it's like a, a one-time video or like a, you know, a series or a six month uh, project, uh, that makes the most money uh, than AdSense. And, and I would assume the same for, for someone like Mr. Beast, like I'm sure he gets like a million dollars per video or whatever, but you know, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure like the deals that he gets for making videos are multi-million dollar deals. And so again, you know, percentage wise, ratio wise, AdSense, you know, plays such a small part for us, which is why I think it's important. Like not don't make videos for the AdSense because that doesn't really matter. 
um, you know, just create videos that, that provide value, that are entertaining, and videos that you like, and the brand deals will come to you, you know, then they'll offer a lot more than what, than what AdSense does. It does add up, I'll be honest, like, you know, AdSense, affiliate marketing, all that stuff, um, like Amazon affiliates, and then, of course, brand deals, like, they all add up. But YouTube, AdSense, probably the smallest, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What's the ratio for you of videos that you want to make versus videos that, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you want to make the brand deal videos or if that's mm -hmm. just kind of like a have to make video. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, I'd say half, half because um, I like the challenge of making brand videos because it's like you are making a production, a professional production. And, you know, in my history of filmmaking, like, I, I kind of like that kind of stuff, you know, like, how do I make this thing right value? Like, but also how do I naturally weave it? So it's not so uh, gimmicky or seems like an actual ad. Like, how do I do that? So I like that challenge, yeah. but I also want to make videos for myself. And so uh, for me, it's like I make one video, a brand deal, then the next one will be for me. One will be a brand deal, one next one for me. So it's like, again, a nice, healthy balance. I don't want to be one of those, like, uh, people that like, oh, I'll never do brand deals because, you know, my audience deserves better. It's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta eat, you know, this is, yeah. it's okay to think this is a job. It's a career. Like it's fine, you know? And, and I think the misconception is when it comes to brand deals is that, um, like say that, you know, a new camera is coming out, right? I'm usually part of the embargo list and, you know, we make our reviews. Um, and you know, you get the comments saying, oh, you, you guys are sheep. You know, you're only saying that because you got a free camera or whatever. First of all, we don't get free cameras. We don't even get paid for those kind of things. But two, it's a lot more realistic to see a bunch of other people's videos about that camera review in their own different opinions and perspectives versus watching oh, a 30 second commercial made by the company paid for an agency to make it look good. You know what I mean? Like you're mm -hmm. getting a 30 second scripted video versus people's opinions. Like that seems more realistic to me. And if I'm watching a video, by Becky and Chris of a lens, like I know what kind of stuff that they do. And so I'll try to watch their video in their perspective and go, oh, okay, cool. That's great. They make some beautiful stuff. Uh, I'll watch it in that lens versus someone like Gerald Undone, who's very technical. I'll watch it according to his perspective, all those specs and kind of like pick and choose from the different videos and different perspectives and then form my own decision. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think it's a, it's a weird thing that people like try to hate on uh, <laughs> reviews or embargoed videos. It's like, well, no, you're, you're watching a bunch of people's different opinions and takes and different perspectives. So if all for free, you know, you're not there sitting mm -hmm. a whole 30 second commercial scripted by the agency to make a product look good. Like, it's just, it's silly thinking to me. I don't yeah. know where this is going. This is like a, this is kind of went down a <laughs> different path well, over no, here. Maybe great. I'm just ranching. It, it's cool <laughs> to hear about like the embargo videos and stuff. Cause I, I wanted to ask or like touch on that too. Um, and actually Fong asked, uh, do you feel like there is restrictive cr creative freedom when working with brands? So I guess like these embargo videos in a way. That, that, that is going to depend on your agreement with the brand. I think over the years I've learned that I'm not always going to say yes to what the brand wants. Uh, you have to negotiate. If a brand wants you to make a video about this, you got to say in your agreement saying uh, you will not uh, put in, have any input on my video. Um, I will give you my, my true honest opinion on it, whether you like it or not. And uh, you know, if I'm not getting paid for this, you know, I, I want to hold this. I want to have that product 30 days before launch, stuff like that. Um, 
I think a lot of people don't understand that you can negotiate those terms. And so, so yeah, I mean, when I first started out getting my first brand deals, obviously very excited, you know, whatever the brand wants. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, you know, for $200, something small like that. Um, and then quickly realized like, man, why am I putting all this effort for a $200 video? I don't, I don't like this video. Like, why would I recommend this to, or like this product? Why would, why, do, why would I recommend it to other people? And so I think you've got to take a stance as far as like, you know, giving true value to people in your videos and make those terms with the brand. And don't be afraid to, to say, look at the agreement. You don't have to sign it right away to say, hey, I don't like this clause. Take it out. You know, there was a brand deal that said, um, we, if you make this video, we get to use the rights for it for our TikTok, for Facebook, for all this stuff for a whole year. And I said, no, I don't agree to that unless you pay me $10,000. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, and I did that specifically because like I wanted to scare them. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to give anybody whole rights to make one, my video for YouTube for their marketing purposes. Like, no, you got to pay for that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you just got to negotiate those, those terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making a big time there. <laughs> Turning the tables. It's, but the thing is, like, when, when people become creators, it's like, you know, this is you, you know, your reputation is on the line. It's your channel. It's your platform. You know what I mean? So you get to decide the terms like sure. the, the, the brand is wanting access to your audience, your audience. That, that's that's your people, <laughs> your community. And so because of that, you know, you got to protect them and say, hey, I can do this, but I don't like this term. Take it out or else I can't do it. You know? Mm, yeah. I think that it's hard for like, as you're just saying, when you started out with those like $200 deals and they want mm. so many things and sure. you just, I think when you're starting out though, you're just like, you're hungry for anything, right? It's, it's yeah. a little bit harder, I think, to. It, it is harder. And I have noticed a trend where brands are kind of going towards that route and taking advantage of the smaller creators, which is, mm. it's so messed up. It is so messed up. Not all brands, but a lot of the, um, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of brands out there, but you know, I have noticed that like just people taking advantage of, of things and I'm like, that's just not right. It's not right. Mm. And they know that they know they can, they can take advantage of smaller creators because you know, they may not have the experience or, you know, maybe they don't think that they have enough of an audience to negotiate kind of thing, which is completely BS. But I think every creator should start to learn like, no, you have the power of negotiation because you have the audience, they want it. So you got to discuss those terms. True. That's true. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you like kind of get started with brand deals? Like, did you I, reach out to them? They reach out to you? So the very first brand deal, well, I had, when I started my YouTube channel, I, um, I told myself when I reach 1000 subscribers, um, that's when the brand deals will, will come after me. I, I just know it. <laughs> I know it. And then, you know, days would go by, weeks would go by, months would go by. I'm like, oh man, I don't think I can get to a thousand subscribers until the end of the year. And I had 500 at the time. And so I decided just to reach out to a brand that I absolutely loved, a backpack company. And uh, I was doing some research, like, how do, like, who do I even contact? Like, what, what do I do? <laughs> so I went on LinkedIn and found the director of marketing for this company. Their number was on there. <laughs> so I gave him oh, a wow. call <laughs> on his cell phone. <laughs> and I think because he was like, just so surprised by it. And I said to him, it's like, hey, I'm, a, I'm an up and coming YouTuber. And I was like, so nervous. <laughs> I would love to review this backpack, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he said, yes. And I was like, oh, no way. You know, granted, it was just a free product, whatever. But that was my very first brand deal. Uh, but then I realized like, wow, you can actually go after brand deals. And so 
with a simple DM or an email or, you know, search through LinkedIn, like if you really want to work with a company, go for it. Why not? The worst that they can say is no. Right. So true. why not? <laughs> yeah, I guess like we put a lot of pressure on like if they say no, maybe there's a whole backstory to it. But really, mm. it, you know, maybe timing is just not right. Yeah. And I think with a with a, a career like YouTube, because everything is on the line, it, everything kind of feels personal. Um, so if mm. you get rejected by a brand, you might feel rejected as a person. Uh, and it's like this weird mental mindset that I knew I struggled when I first started. And so, um, you know, I think every creator has to go through that. And so once they grow from that, I think they'll become better creators, better entrepreneurs, better business people. Uh, but yeah, it can it can play some pretty nasty mind games with you because, yeah. you know, your your name is on the line. You mean we're not our work? Our identity is not wrapped up in our work? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I love camera backpacks so much. Mm. It's, oh, it's, me too. It's a, uh, yeah. Obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. I try to get rid of so many camera backpacks, but I just, I have so many. And I'm like, ugh, you keep what do I do? You keep accumulating more. <laughs> I do. Like, I can fill this whole wall with my backpacks. And so, and I've oh, given a lot away throughout the years, but it just... I got a, I got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you got a different one for every day. You got a it's different actually one true. for every function though. Yeah. Different, different seasons. Like I, I, I understand like, you know, my wife has like different bags for different things. I'm like, why do you need different bags for different things? But now I understand, you know, like I completely get That's it. True. I got a backpack yeah. for hiking, backpack for like one day trips, a backpack for, I, you know, week long trips. <laughs> I literally, I just got a hiking backpack, camera backpack, like recently. Ooh, which one? Which one? It's a it's a low pro. Uh, okay. I think Photosport. I think is what it's called. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. They make some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then and Brevity, you know. Yes, they're um, great. Yeah, Brevity is amazing. It, with their like, shout outs to Brevity or Brevity if you want to sponsor this podcast. Sponsor. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that was like the first I think camera backpack that I was like, oh, this is really nice because it's just it looks like a normal backpack you know which is what mm -hmm. every student at the time would probably want guys I, I was going to school have a camera backpack so you could you know just like get out of class and go shoot like it's it's really fun it's really nice it looks so it's it's so good and i with their lifetime warranty thing like yeah. my backpack beat, broke right? a little bit and they uh -huh. just sent me a new one wow <laughs> yeah they're, they're good people they're really good people yeah. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> do you think that your film school stuff transferred over to YouTube or do you think because there are a lot of YouTubers who kind of just like fell into it or they loved making videos on the side and they don't necessarily have that formal education background. Do you think, you know, how does that play a role for you? Um, great question. I, uh, I'd probably say that it did help. Um, but I probably would have done YouTube with or without film school anyway, because I just love making videos regardless. Um, definitely met some pretty cool people uh, at film school. Like, um, have you heard of the show Stranger Things? The directors, the creators of the show went to the same film school. And I actually hey. was a production assistant for their short film, which had a very similar vibe. Um, so I actually know the Duffer Brothers uh, personally. And they're uh, <laughs> good, really good cool. people. It is cool. So it's those kind of connections that you you get so easily at film school because everyone wants to work in the industry and eventually people do. 
You know, like I have friends that have worked on Pirates of the Caribbean or working on TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And it's kind of cool to see like, oh, wow, they're doing really cool things. Uh, and so, yeah, just getting to know friends from film school is, is really beneficial. Um, mm. But I don't think it's necessary. Like if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have gone to film school. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a lot of money. You know what I mean? And so yeah. uh, if I had known that YouTube would be like such a prominent place for education, where you can just learn how to do different things in film and photography and all these things. And, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of, of learning all that stuff in film school. Mm. Do I regret going to film school? No, because I've made some pretty good friends. I had a wonderful experience, so I don't regret it. But, um, but yeah, I don't think it's necessary if you want to make content. <laughs> mm, yeah. Cause I've been doing, like, I went to school for music and I did classical flute performance and but like i'm also i do this singer songwriter thing as well recently i've kind of combined the two and just been i've been putting flute into my music my songs which has yeah. been really cool um and definitely i feel like i would not have been able to merge the two if i didn't go to school for music yeah. and do that classical route but i also yeah. do think there are moments where i'm like stuff i learned there not all of it was <laughs> helpful you know sure. i mean like yeah. i don't really care to know about the birth and death dates of composers who are long gone <laughs> um, yeah but i guess yeah it, it's just interesting to see kind of like you know there are all these different schools of thought i guess like people who got their formal education who are also doing this thing and people who just kind of fell into it or like learned yeah. on their own to get to the same spot you know yeah, sure. I mean, if people want to go to, you know, a, a specialized school, you know, just to have that edu education so that they can use it in their careers and they can afford it. Yeah, sure. That you have the freedom to do so. Totally cool. But mm -hmm. for people that kind of maybe are not sure and they might feel the pressure to do so, whatever, like you don't have to, you know, just maybe try it on your own. And if you feel like you still need to go to school, then yeah, go for it. But yeah, I just I think um, I, I guess for for I guess people in my generation where you know we were kind of pressured by your parents like to be a doctor or you know do all this stuff or just at least get a degree at a prestigious college I, I just it's such a terrible pressure it's such a toxic mindset and I just don't want to place that on my kids and I don't think people should have to feel that pressure at all especially because it costs so much money to go to a That's private true. school you know what I mean <laughs> so it's just it doesn't make sense to me anymore but um yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm thankful for my time at film school uh, what I've done YouTube regardless, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it also like really depends on the person too. Yeah. Some people have such, so much drive that they want to learn so many things and they, they do it and, you know, but, but some people maybe don't have the same level of passion and, but they think mm -hmm. they want to do something, um, yeah. but they can't really take their step forward. You know, I, th I yeah. then I think you know, maybe school is a good little push or something. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's different, and so they just got to do what's right for them. <laughs> yeah. When you came out of film school, what was your plan back then? So I had a, so the plan, what they teach us at film school is that once you graduate, you, you climb the corporate ladder, right? You know, you find a studio to intern at if you haven't already interned during college. And, um, you know, you just work your way from an assistant uh, or production assistant to a producer and just have a spec script in hand. Hopefully that one day a producer will read your script and make your movie or TV show or whatever. 
um, it's, just, it's, it's such a brutal climb to the top. Like I just, I remember working on, um, on a TV show and, uh, which never, it got greenlit to make a pilot, but never as a series, but it was just brutal. It was just, you know, I was treated like crap. Um, mm-hmm. I had to pick up an actor at the airport, but the executive producer thought my car was ugly. And so she was mad at me for having an <laughs> ugly car. Oh, it was, it, it's stupid stuff like that. And I'm like, I, it's not worth my time. Like I, mm-hmm, I appreciate yeah. the people working their way through it. And now they're like, you know, associate producers for Pirates of the Caribbean. Like that's, that's cool. But I don't know. May, I just don't like being told what to do. And I didn't realize like I was an entre- entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. I kind of like setting my own rules. And so, yeah, it just wasn't, I thought it was a fit for me, but it just wasn't a fit right from the get. And so, yeah, I quickly learned that, nope, this is not for me. Nope. Mm, yeah. <laughs> when you were working that nine to five, then what were you doing then? So uh, be multiple jobs, but all in the realms of like video production. And so whether it's like an editor or, you know, a videographer, uh, it just, it would, you know, be more or less that kind of thing. Um, very... Uh, it almost like rips away your spirit because it's like just they don't care about creativity they just want it done at this time Mm -hmm. uh you know you have ideas and you kind of want to make great video content for that company and you you know i would generally want to elevate the company but they're like nope just do this do this and i'm like oh it's just so defeating kind of thing you know like i remember working for an organization and they wanted to make viral videos well i made a video for them that hit a million views and i'm like cool awesome see that my ideas work this is this is going to help and they're like no we're not going to do that again we're going to do this 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 i'm like oh you got to be kidding me like you're seeing a million views for the first time and you still don't want to do like the stuff that i want to do it just it doesn't Mm. make any sense and so yeah i just that i I, i'm made for youtube i'm made to (laughs) just run my own business because i just can't I would get frustrated if someone were, were telling me what to do and I don't agree with them. So I, I, yeah. I don't think I'm a very good employee. <laughs> I'm, 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 on, I'm on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It always, it feels nice when, when, when you get to be creative, you know, and helping other yeah. people do that. Um, but yeah, that, that sounds hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there are some people that are totally chill with that and like, they like that and they like the comfort of like, you know, salary, nine to five, like the consistency. And I get that. And if people are totally content and happy, awesome, more power to them. You know, it's just like me, I'm just not hardwired that way. Mm, Yeah. So when you decided, did you just decide to do YouTube or did you want to build out your own production company? Uh, Both, both. Um, And so this year I'm actually building out my production company, which I'm really excited about. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to, to do some stuff and create some really cool shows um but 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 yeah i mean i i mean i mainly had to get full-time jobs because i needed to support a family um like when i was doing weddings it was just me and my wife so we didn't have any kids to support and so uh but now that we have kids like just having the consistent the consistent money and all that stuff is just you know you, you got to have that in a family and so so yeah fortunately after many many years <laughs> uh of hard work it's just nice to know that I can do that as a full-time content creator. Yeah. I, I think that like, cause for me as a musician, I would love to like be able to build out a studio and, mm. you know, have people come and record and I can have the space to record and it would be really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so totally. that's like yeah. my dream. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a day it's a step by step thing, you know, just take it day by day and you know, mm-hmm. slowly make progress and soon soon enough, you know, you'll see the amount of progress after a year or so. And so yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of those things too, like for people, like don't think that you'll make it the next day. You know, don't feel like you're going to get a hundred thousand subscribers like in a week. Sometimes it happens, but 90% of the time it doesn't. So just play the long game and just make slow progress. Yeah. How do you just, how do you trust that process of like knowing, um, like I've asked this to others before on the podcast, but how do you know what you're doing is worth it (laughs) without that immediate (sighs) return? You know? Wow. That's a great question. I think, um, Okay, so for me, it's silly, but when I first got my my check from from Google for for a YouTube video, it was it was a forty five cent check, <laughs> but it was a check. I was like, wow, I actually made a little bit of money, and I kind of saw the potential. But in a, it's silly, it's like forty five cents, you know, obviously nothing, but it's like I don't know. For, when I got that check, I don't know, I just was so happy. So I feel like once you start monetizing or even getting your first brand deal or making a little bit of money like from say instagram reels whatever like those should be small victories that you should celebrate because it will elevate you to the next thing and people generally tend to do better the more they do things right like just humanity has a a great ability to to get better um and so just double down on that trust in that celebrate those small victories because they're so important. It may be something small, like a 45 cent check, but celebrate it because it's going to motivate you to do better, to do, to do, uh, to achieve more. And so, yeah, I, w- I would say celebrate the small victories, even if it's like, I finished editing a video and it's uploaded. Great. It may have like five views, but that's five views. That's great. So yeah, d- d- just hype yourself up, be your best cheerleader uh, and just, and just celebrate those small victories. Mm, that's a good answer yeah (laughs) yeah i think we tend to put our head down and work and just kind of feel like we have to keep that going keep that momentum going that we don't stop and take a step back and look to see what we've made already yeah 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 i totally agree um and you know even like looking back at old videos it's like oh wow i made this crappy video but like look where i've you know come now you know like i like I used to be a Canon boy, right? And I switched over to Sony mm-hmm. years, years ago. Um, had no idea that I'd have such a close relationship with Sony, which I'm so thankful for. Um, yeah. So now they're a big part of my life. Um, I'm friends with them. And it's just, I never in a million years would have thought that I'd have such a relationship with a big global brand or even get mm-hmm. to do the things that, you know, I'm doing. Um, it's pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, from celebrating a 45 cent check to doing some pretty cool stuff with global brands is it's pretty cool yeah you you're you host the lowdown on sony's youtube channel with jenna right jenna I do, is yeah. eric yeah did i say jenna is eric. right she, you did you did yeah she is <laughs> oh, yeah. one of my favorite people ever and it's just you know again one of those things like when i first met jenna years ago to starstruck because she's just big youtuber and i'm like oh my gosh i'm meeting you in person you're cool you make great videos and stuff like that but you know now we're friends hosting co-hosting a show together and it's just been the coolest thing uh like we're we're living our dream jobs and just again never never was on my bingo card (laughs) years ago (laughs) yeah i mean also possibly like these kind of jobs didn't exist back then right like yeah having youtubers you know come on and be the hosts of a show and 
review thing yeah it, it's cool it's really cool to see <laughs> yeah and who knows what the future will hold but you know and who knows how long we'll be doing this show together but you know just celebrating that victory you know i, I think it's a good motivator um even like i know this is silly but like even getting an office like my own little office like okay cool awesome i'm, I'm gonna celebrate that it's a, oh, a step in the right silly. direction that's amazing <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah when we were trying to schedule this this call it was like you you were just flying out to all these different places filming for this sony show <laughs> yeah yeah i was wild. in san diego last week i couldn't do it i'm heading out to yosemite next week and then back with sony for google uh we're gonna meet at google to do so it's like this cool wild wild ride uh and this makes me so thankful for you know just supporting friends that i found on youtube like other creator friends doing the same thing like we're all in the same uh, on the same yeah. boat you know just trying to grow together um you know like uh, i mean there's this terrible toxic mindset where where people think like oh youtube's a competition you're making videos against your competitors when it's like well no like everyone like we're all we're all in this ocean everyone rises when the tide rises and so like let's just lift each other up let's help each other let's uh you know we're all trying to do this thing together trying to make it work mm -hmm. as content creators and so yeah just uh support each other be thankful for the people that you, that you meet along the way because you'll never know if you end up meeting them in the future hosting a show <laughs> true this is true yeah 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 the whole like networking thing too i guess do you consciously go out of your way to network with people or do you kind of does that just happen organically with your youtube channel um a bit of both uh, i would say when i first started uh, I knew I wanted to, like, to meet with brands and meet with other YouTubers. So back in 2018, 18 or 17, there's this big um, uh, conference called NAB, uh, National Association Broadcast. Uh, it's a big video gear conference where people just like me nerd out. Um, but I was determined, determined to like meet with Sony because I just love, love them. And my wife came up with the brilliant idea of instead of using traditional business cards, use a deck of playing cards and just write your email on it because it stands out, right? And it's silly. And so I do that, bring it back, uh, a deck of playing cards, write my email on it, and uh, just pass it out to whoever was in marketing at Sony. And uh, when I came back and they're like, oh, hey, you're the guy with the playing cards. This is hilarious. I'm going to forward you to, you know, our, our, our director of um, influencer marketing at Sony. and that's how it all started you know just uh, oh wow just that it's it's pretty cool so yeah there are times where you, you do have to make the intent to, to network by going to events um and then you know along the way sometimes you just meet creators just naturally um but when you do meet people in your business you know yeah make an effort to form a relationship you know why not so yeah <laughs> yeah that's 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 amazing that's so smart <laughs> It's all my wife. I just, I was like, this is brilliant. This is great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe I should just do that. <laughs> do that. You know, it's way easier than buying professional business cards. <laughs> do you find it hard to, because like I have made so many friends through the internet in the last couple of years and I haven't been able to meet some of them, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's kind of difficult to meet. How? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, go to go to play uh, events like, you know, VidCon, VidSummit, um, both are in California. Uh, just sometimes are like are local things in your area. Um, there was like a little YouTuber creator meetup here in Dallas. 
Um, and I got to meet some cool people there and some have, you know, become my mentors and stuff like that. And so, yeah, just find what's around you. Uh, if not create something, you know, use Eventbrite saying, Hey, just kind of want to do a little creative meetup in my local town. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to all grab some coffee and just kind of chat, whatever, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Community is so important, but I would say like one of the easiest is to go to those big events like VidCon, Vid Summit. Um, you know, there's tons of them all around. Just, you just got to find them and just go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about your YouTube videos and how, like, how, how well thought out are they or how much do you plan out your video ideas and everything and like the posting schedules yeah. and, you know, keeping yeah, yeah, everything yeah. up to date and, and relevant, I guess. I, I'm getting better. Uh, it used to be just, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll just make a video here or whatever. I wouldn't put much thought into it. But uh, I think end of last year, now this year, I'm, I'm making more of an intentional schedule. Uh, I'm uh, scripting things a little bit better, a little more um, uh, specific. Like I don't have like a full on script that I read off of, but just talking points, bullet points that I, I need to hit on, um, stuff like that. And so and then I'm trying to batch film a lot of content so that I can be two weeks ahead of schedule is what I'm trying to do. Um, and it's a hard thing to do. Like last year I did that, but then I got six weeks behind. So it's, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out, uh, this year, like, all right, how can I be two weeks ahead? That way everything is scheduled. So, um, so yeah, so I'm working on it, but yeah, my, my goal this year is to, to have a more streamlined process. Mm, how do you not get burnt out doing that? We do. I mean, last year I got burnt out, like <laughs> November, I got December, like Q4 is the busiest for all of us because like just new products, whatever. So I got burnt out pretty bad and I just took like a six week break after that. I was like, I'm not going to do a thing. Just going to hang out with my family and not make anything. And so, so yeah, so I didn't do anything until the end of January, um, uh, which is good. It's good to have those breaks. And so, so yeah. And also I'm going to be more intentional as far as like really taking weekends off and not like mentally thinking about work. Um, I just want to clock out Friday. And just like, all right, I just want to have some fun, do something cool activity with my family or maybe go, go on like a little road trip or whatever. Just like make the atten- intention just to, to do that. Because, you know, it's, you know, if you're doing it by yourself, like you will get burnt out. Even if you think you won't, you will because you're doing a lot of things. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't want to get burnt out this year. Uh, I, I, I want to live more of a balanced life. Mm, yeah. Good, good goal. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. What do you do when you you know, when you're trying to recover from burnout and, and you oh, travel. don't want to have anything to do. Yeah. Travel, travel is my favorite thing to do. Like just, uh, <laughs> at, um, during the, the winter break, like we went to this cool A-frame cabin in Oklahoma, uh, and just had some, like a really cool time, you know, went on a boat, um, you know, bonfires here and there and stuff like that. And so, yeah, just uh, travel is like my, my happy place. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about travel though? Like some, I we were talking about this on my Twitch stream one day about road trips. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was either that or like a Patreon stream, whatever. We were talking about road trips and like some people really like the driving part of road trips. Mm-hmm. Some people like the city, exploring the cities and like finding hidden gems and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or some people hate driving, but they love, yeah, yeah. you know, the other side of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love doing it all. Like, I love road trips. I think it's so yeah. fun. And I do like doing the cityscapes, you know what I mean? Or the destination travels. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I love every aspect of travel. I, I love it. We'll definitely will be traveling a lot more this year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, 
I mean, there are times where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like driving. I'd rather fly. Of course, you know, traveling with kids, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But, you know, <laughs> as far as like just the initial start of like road trips is always fun. And I, I love it. I, I generally do love road trips, though. I think it's just fun, just kind of like exploring and seeing things and kind of driving off the beaten path and, you know, trying to see what's there that no one really goes to. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so I, I like we're going to be driving up, up the East Coast later this year. And so I've never really explored the East Coast. So I'm really excited to to see what's out there. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, we're I feel like you've gone everywhere, but um, there has to have, you know, there are probably places you haven't been to that you really want to visit. Like aside from the yeah. East Coast, like uh, Antarctica, I haven't been. I'd love to go. I'd love to check out Ooh. Antarctica, Patagonia, you know, Argentina, that whole area, South America um mm-hmm. you know i'd love to go back to africa i've been to africa like five times i love it oh really love it love it love it <laughs> and so it'd be cool to go back there again um and yeah and my wife's british and so maybe we're, we're trying to make an effort to go back to england like once a year um and so with that you know if we're going to be in england may as well explore europe and so yeah mm-hmm. just lots of places to go it's just it, it just makes life more exciting because it's like all right where, ha- where haven't we been hey let's go there you know next month or whatever yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I just wanted to make a comment that like your YouTube videos are so you're so hype in all of your YouTube videos. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and like that is and considering that you get up at 4:30 a.m. and you do you have like full days and it's Yeah. I can't really. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I I don't know. I'm just I, I'm like that. You know what I mean? Like I get excited about things anyway. So you know, it, like sure. in, in person, I'm sure you'll, you know, if you ever meet me in person, like I, I'm, I get so hyped up on things. I get overly excited <laughs> just because that's, that's who I am. Yeah, no, I love it. It's amazing. It's great. <laughs> um, all right. So for Patreon questions, um, Nico asked, has the proliferation of Instagram and TikTok changed your approach to videography and photography? Yeah, I'd say so. I think with the rise of Instagram and TikTok, have maybe realized that, you know, the perfect shots uh, are less important than just than the um, where the content is more important. You know what I mean? Um, And that's cool. That's a cool revelation um, because it takes the pressure or a way of creating the perfect shot uh, versus just getting the shot. Uh, And I appreciate that. And I and I have appreciated more of the um, um, genuine videos filmed on a phone. I think there's something cool about it, something, I don't know, there's just something raw uh, that I just find really intriguing. And so, yeah, I think I've learned a lot from TikTok and Instagram that, you know, it doesn't always have to be shot in 4K. Mm, Yeah. You know? True. Do you have a posting schedule for all these other platforms, Instagram, TikTok, aside from, you know, your YouTube? Yeah, I film, so I film uh, two to three verticals a day, but because of the scheduling thing now in um in instagram and uh, like i can schedule reels or schedule shorts uh ahead of time and that way i just i don't even think about it like i've got my weekend scheduled out already which is great i don't have to think about it this is cool um and then yeah um and if this is like the same vertical for all those platforms i just save it as a draft on tiktok and just post it whatever and so and it's better to do it like if you film two to three or even just two verticals a day like just save them in your phone or just, you know, save them as drafts or schedule them. It just makes a lot life a whole lot easier. Yeah, that's true. Although Instagram has been buggy for me. And oh, every yeah. time I save an Instagram reel as a draft and then post it, 
like it made my video upside down once <laughs> or a oh, couple times weird. actually i like flipped it and rotated it yeah that doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> i don't know yeah it's a little hmm, buggy weird. for me yeah but but drafts are yeah smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, Daniel asked, how have friends and family responded to your career choice and how did you handle any negative reactions? Oh, it was all negative. I mean, like I said before, like my family expected me to be a doctor or nurse, Filipino, Filipino families. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. So it was hard to shake that, that, that pressure. But I think when they started, uh, seeing some success, like I, I think it was the, a project I did with Mazda where I was going to be working with them and drive up to the Arctic Ocean through Canada. They were like, oh, okay. I, okay, I, I see now. All right. We approve <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and so, so yeah, I just, because I just knew that this would be my career, like I just saw it so clearly, I wouldn't let that go. Um, mm -hmm. I just kept on, you know, pushing into that regardless of who wouldn't support me or who would laugh at me or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would say like the majority of people like thought I, w I wasn't serious or it was a dumb idea or I go back to school and do something else. And, you know, I think in a way it motivated me to prove them wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, not that everyone should do that, but for me, it, it was like a kick in the butt to be like, you know what? No, I believe in this so much and I'm going to show you. And uh, it's it's kind of nice to know to be on the other end. <laughs> yeah. When you started YouTube, were you already in a relationship with your significant yeah, other? Yeah, I just got married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got married and, you know, I, uh, uh, I didn't have a job. My wife did. And so I moved to England for her job um, and also to explore England. But yeah, it was hard for me to not contribute to my marriage. It's like, I'm not providing anything. And that's when I started picking up weddings and other videography gigs. Um, and it was scary just even to mention the thought like, hey, I can't, I'm thinking about transitioning my career into YouTube. I have no idea what it's going to pay me. I may not make money for a while. But my wife just you know, said, all right, try it uh, and try it for 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 like two years or a year or whatever it was. And if I couldn't do it then, then all right, I'll just go back to the corporate world. But, you know, she gave me graciously gave me that time um, to give it my all while she supported us. And I'm forever grateful for her for that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, to have a partner and communicate your goals and to say, hey, I, I can see our future be this. Can we try this? Um, because I want our life to succeed. Communicating that with your partner, I think, is so important. And to be on the same team and, and just to say, hey, listen, I'm going to need the support. There are going to be days where it's going to be hard. So I just I need you to help me out. I, I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. um, and so for creators that are in a relationship um you know i i would never ever ever believe that you should have to do it alone you know if you have a partner great if you have a best friend great just ask for their support because this is a lonely job and it's difficult and so any type of support is much appreciated it goes a long way especially you know with nearly all my family not supporting the idea <laughs> of me being a YouTuber at first, or my closest friends laughing at me. Mm. Um, I had her, my wife, be that one support, and that was all I needed, and it helped. Oh. And yeah, it was. She's been great. That's amazing. Can I? Can yeah. I have her as my wife? <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. She <laughs> can. She sure? can root for you. <laughs> She's just yeah. <laughs> you need that support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Do you ever, have there ever been disagreements though, like on your work and maybe your travel and stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, last year was particularly tough because I had started traveling a lot because of the show that I was doing with Sony. Um, and she just started going back to school. Uh, so it was very difficult, but you know, uh, again, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I'll be gone for this amount of time, but when I come back, you take a break, I'm going to take care of the kids. That way it's a good balance. But if we continue doing this, you know, this might uh, relieve a lot of pressure in the future. I just got to, you know, form these relationships, do these things. And, you know, and also letting her know that if it is too much, if it is too much travel, then I'm not going to do this. Or if I'm traveling to San Diego so much, maybe we move back to San Diego. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things like just keeping them in the loop, um, making sure that you're not off on your own and uh, just doing things just for you, just to just let remind your partner, like, Hey, we're in this together. Um, you know, we're going to need to support each other in this. And, you know, this is what I see in the future for us. And so, yeah, if, uh, if you can help me do this, then I know we're going to be in a better place. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's all, it really goes back to communication. It really does. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thank you for that insight. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris asked, what is one of the most challenging aspects you found about being a photographer? Um, I'd probably say the, the business side of things. I mean, generally speaking, I think photographers are all creative and very talented in their own, in own way. But it's always the marketing, always the business side of things that kind of determines your success. You know, like mm-hmm. if you don't market yourself, no one's going to know if you don't share your work on social media, no one's going to know who you are. Um, or even practical things. Like if you don't have a computer capable enough to edit photos and it crashes all the time, get another computer. And so, um, so yeah, so I would say it's more the practical and the admin side of things. That's the most difficult as a photographer, as a filmmaker, but as far as like the actual craft of it, like that's, that stuff is easy. Like us photographers and filmmakers, we love being behind the camera. It's like, it's just a second nature to us. So we're going to make good stuff, but not all of us are business minded, you know? And so that's, that's for me, at least that's always the the challenging part. Yeah. Fong asks, do you feel the pressure to constantly create and put out content? Yeah. Uh, still do now. Um, and then it's got to remind myself, it's like, you know what, if I can't make a video this week, that's fine, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, say just make a short or make a reel or something like that, if that's going to bug you so much. Uh, I know I felt it the past couple of years, um, but then, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you make a video two weeks later, like your audience is still going to watch it. You know what I mean? Um, and so. So, yeah, so I, I think the more the real pressure is just the multi platforms now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like if I'm making something for YouTube, it's like, OK, what should I do for reels or whatever? And it almost seems like a necessary evil to do as a content creator. But you, I mean, that's kind of the reality, right? Like if you're on YouTube, like you should also be on Instagram or on TikTok or, you know, you just got to be on it kind of thing. And so I think that's where the real pressure is. But, uh, but again, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you do feel the stress to post a video or to do this, whatever, like don't feel the pressure to like, just take a break. And Mm -hmm. maybe even after your break, you might even be super productive and make two videos. If you make two videos, great. Schedule one out for this week and then, you know, one for the next week stuff like that and so yeah but everyone's different some people love the high pressure some people don't but um but yeah that's always going to be 
uh, an elusive chase for all of us that we're all gonna have to balance <laughs> yeah is there a like is there ever kind of like a significant drop in maybe views or something well yeah i get i, I guess views um because i'm thinking like on twitch i just keep referencing twitch that's just that's where most of yeah. my time is spent right now so yeah on Twitch, like you have subscribers, which are different from YouTube subscribers. They give a monthly, they pay a monthly, it's like a subscription. Um, but so it renews every month, like it expires at the end of the month and then people have to renew it and they can set up yeah. auto renewals. Um, but, you know, if I take like a two week break, that number drops significantly. And I, I've noticed that um, whenever I've gone on a little mini vacation and that yeah. it slowly builds back up but like when you see that drop it's it's kind of sad <laughs> um and yeah. i i just wonder if like for your youtube videos if you don't post for you know a week or two like do you see a drop in views at all uh, that's a great question um so two answers for that one there's always going to be seasonal drops of views and it's always like uh, during Christmas and during the summer. And that's because people are traveling, they're going out, no one's in school, you know, people are taking, you know, vacation time or whatever. So no one's really watching um, that much social, social media content. And so, yeah, so I usually see a drop in views, you know, around Christmas time, always during the summer, but it always picks back up like, you know, Q4, you know, October, November, December, or yeah, October, November time, highest views you can get during the year. And then, there's the importance of creating evergreen content. So uh, maybe your camera review will only be significant for the you know next two months or whatever. But if you make a tutorial on how to shoot portraits, that's something people are always going to look up. And because of that, you know your that content is going to be evergreen. You know it's going to consistently grow. Like one of my most successful videos is how to create a YouTube studio setup anywhere you know i made that a few years ago five years ago and it's still you know ranking up views uh did a comparison between two cameras that i made last year it didn't do a lot at first like it maybe had five thousand views that first week but you know every month it's gotten twenty eight thousand views you know later and so it's one of those things is like create relevant content but also it's important to create evergreen content stuff that's always going to grow stuff that people are always going to search and because mm -hmm. of that evergreen content then you're going to be okay even on the low months like during christmas or the summer yeah well, that's smart <laughs> yeah yeah i guess like for youtube videos they you know you have that opportunity for it to just continuously uh it just keeps building on itself you know because it's, yeah, it's just yeah. there um yeah but live content or whatever else seems like that's something more in the moment like it happens and then it's gone uh right. or like instagram reels or tiktoks are just short yeah. videos that people probably won't necessarily go back to and rewatch that many times yeah 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 that's why you know i mean it's helpful in my genre at least like just the importance of evergreen content like they they will be your saving grace mm -hmm. yeah i really like how in your genre of of photography, filmmaking, tutorials, and all of that, and reviews, like, it kind of seems like it, it, it's just a big loop. Like, you can make a mm -hmm. video on a camera, review it, and then you can also go shoot with it, 
and then make a tutorial on the video that you just made about that review. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Exactly. Like my, my, uh, my camera settings videos are usually long-term the most successful because they're long videos, but it's a step-by-step guide on how to set up a camera. Mm-hmm. I hate making those videos, but I know it's helpful <laughs> for people. And even me. though like, Oh, good. See, there yeah. you go. Um, because I know like, you know, years from now when people can buy that camera, that's probably gone down in price. They'll probably look up hey, how to set up this camera. I know my video will be one of the top videos. And so again, evergreen content. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does making it mean to you? Um, wow, that's a, that's a question. That's a question. That's uh, a question. Making it, yeah. Uh, making it to me um, is probably being at the point of your life, being at the point of the career where you're content mentally, uh, you are stable financially, um, and you are having fun. Uh, I know those things are, are different and it's, you know, even the financial part, it's hard. It's like, you know, what, what do you mean financially? Like, is it a hundred thousand dollars a year, a million dollars a year, whatever? doesn't matter. People are different. Um, it's just, if you're, if you, if you could live comfortably, you could put food on the table, uh, whether it's just for yourself or, you know, provide for a family and you love your job, regardless of the view count, I would say that's making it, you know, and if you're content with all of that and you're okay, then yeah, I, like, I don't care about having a Bugatti. I don't care about you know, living in like in a mansion, or whatever, like that's, that's whatever. I'm, I'm happy with my minivan. It's fine. <laughs> I'm happy with my e-bike that I take to work and stuff like that. Like I am very content with where I am and who I am um, and just very proud of the work that I get to do. Very, very thankful for the work that I get to do. Awesome. That's an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I think you gave so many great insights on, on what it's like to make content for YouTube mainly, but you know, you're a content creator. So thank you so much for all that, all that. Oh yeah, my pleasure. I'm I'm glad uh it was uh well, I hope it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it, it's okay, cool. cool. It's always cool to like hear about, you know, the thought process behind, you know, how you plan out videos, how you plan out your days and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah and it's different for everyone. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um where can people find you on online? Well, you can find me uh, on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, Sydney DeYoungson. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Sydney DeYoungson in the world. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just type type my name um, and I should be there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Links will be everywhere, of course. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah.